This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, your hosts, Drew Dawkin and Grant Collins, will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Hello, everybody. Today, it is January 11th. We are back after the holidays for the first podcast of 2021. Markets have been flat today. Dow was down 0.29%. You know, S&P was down 0.66%. You saw the VIX go up uh, 11.69%. But, you know, all in all, markets been remarkably flat considering the craziness that has been this last week. Uh, One company that I would like to talk about that was big mover today was that uh, Tesla's stock fell as much as 12% after the company announced that they'd be permanently suspending Donald Trump's account. Uh, when we're looking at share price decline, that's you know $5 billion from Twitter's market cap today. So that was one thing uh, that certainly changed. Grant, do you have any anything else we should be looking at? I, I just would like to reiterate, I think it's pretty amazing how flat the markets have been. We see futures pretty flat as well. Uh, one thing that we have seen, cryptocurrency has been skyrocketing over the last couple of months as people like to think of it as a hedge against inflation, the new digital gold. Uh, we saw a huge pullback in that. Uh, so $150 billion was wiped off of, of cryptocurrency in 24 hours. This could be uh, after a huge rally, people taking their profits. Uh, but overall, Bitcoin had a had a big fall over the last 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, let's kind of get into how astronomically crazy this week has been. Uh, Where do you start? Yeah, well, let's, if you look historically back six days years ago, um, six days ago, we had George's elections which was earth shattering in terms of legislative politics because John Ossoff was elected. We had Raphael Warnick was elected and now the Democrats will have a Senate majority, which was a huge, huge upset, um, knocking off two, two Republican incumbents like they did. So it will be split 50, 50, um, and Kamala Harris would be the tiebreaker. So far, we're back on my trend where I have predicted none of the events uh, that have happened this year. And so I'm I'm over 40 or whatever. But uh, this is just adding to the trend. Um, certainly didn't call that, nor did I foresee that there would be a riot of sorts on the Capitol the following day on Wednesday. Um, you know, a handful of people were killed. Uh, this has resulted in a lot of things, but several cabinet members and Donald Trump's administration have resigned. Saw so, uh, Chad Wolf resign today. Uh, you had Elaine Chao resign earlier. You had Bessie DeVos resign earlier. Uh, the Congress is drafting up um, articles of impeachment once again. And yeah, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, so several social media accounts have also permanently and indefinitely uh, suspended. The president of the United States' uh, ability to talk on them. So, with all that said, yeah, the markets have been remarkably flat. Um, I guess the fact that we think events are going to change the markets, uh, we still talk about that. I guess I love that for us because, uh, yeah, it certainly hasn't panned out. Um, I don't know what what changes things uh, if if this last week hasn't. I'm I'm just kind of you know in awe 
quite frankly. Well, I think you're you're definitely not alone in, in that statement. And just to go back for Georgia, what implications that might have uh, now with uh, left-leaning Senate, we may see some antitrust regulations or some tightening against tech companies. So uh, be on the lookout for legislation on there. And then also we could see the Republicans also uh, clamp down on Twitter because we could get into what is free speech on these platforms again. Uh, moving on to the Capitol, uh, pretty amazing. Never thought I would see something like that. Uh, in my lifetime. And I think we're now starting to see some of the repercussions of that. As you mentioned, we saw three of Trump cabinet members resign. The acting Homeland Security just resigned today. We're seeing House Democrats introduce impeachment articles against Trump, citing the Capitol attack as, as one of the main drivers of that. Uh, and then further, um, and then just to bring it back to, to the marketplace, we have seen corporate America really start to rethink some of the political donations. So uh, a lot of the big banks, so pausing all political donations, we saw Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan and Citigroup all postpone political donations, at least for the first quarter or first half of the year. And then there's a, a couple other companies, Marriott, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And so we're, we're now seeing companies rethink political donations and that would have a big impact moving forward um, on on political donations and, and how that would impact uh, Republicans and, and Democrats alike on, on how they're getting their funding dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I think the situation we'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't think I remember in my lifetime this much political volatility. Uh, obviously, it was the first time the Capitol's been breached in like uh, in since a way. 1812. <laughs> yeah, since the War of 1812 um, in terms of, you know, people physically barging through and, and entering. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it would make sense for us. I mean, we've been off a few weeks, but. You know, we should kind of sum up 2020 because um, we, we did see some remarkable things, uh, starting with the fact that, you know, the Fed uh, towards the end of December, they were raising their economic um, outlook. Uh, they see a 4.2 percent growth for this coming year and a 5 percent unemployment rate. Uh, and we should also mention that, um, you know, there's there's a couple things that were revised too. Um you know, so for for this year in particular, but but yeah, um, th there certainly seemed to be a little bit more bullish than than they were earlier. Definitely, we saw that unemployment their forecasting should fall to five percent in twenty twenty one, down from the previous estimate of five point five. They also uh, have their inflation estimates unchanged for at one point two percent. A big thing that they also mentioned that they're going to continue to do in the uh, Federal Open Market Committee is to continue to buy at least $120 billion of bonds each month. And this will continue to help stabilize the, the credit market moving forward, uh, which is interesting. One of the biggest trends of 2020 that we should discuss is, is really the, the most valuable companies are, are the large tech companies. So the Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, Tesla, they all combined to pick up $3.4 trillion in market cap in 2020. Uh, and that's pretty significant. 
significant if we think about global pandemic and the broader economic crisis. Uh, Drew, thoughts on why these seven companies have done so well in 2020, where we've seen a lot of others uh, fall off? Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at some companies that have just benefited from, you know, growth in consumer and cloud computing, um, you know, Apple alone accounted for a trillion dollars in that increase in value. Um, you know, its stock climbed 81 percent. And then, you know, just with the whole move to things being more digital and computized. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these these firms picked up um, during the pandemic. I mean, Microsoft was up $480 billion in valuation. Um, you know, Alphabet uh, was up, you know, $268 billion. Facebook up $193 billion. And you're, you're certainly seeing that in who the richest people in the world are now, right? So, uh, you know, you got Elon Musk the other week, um, became the richest man. Uh, and then pretty much shortly followed, you got, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, Bill Gates, uh, you know, Zuckerberg and Larry Page are up there. So pretty much anyone who's, you know, the head of of these tech companies has has seen just gigantic capital gains. I think Tesla is one that you really have to examine because that stock has just skyrocketed in 2020. Started the year at 76 billion market cap and then uh, ending the year at uh, 669 billion. I mean, that is just significant growth, especially if they've had their uh, being in California, they had the initial closures during the pandemic and they were able to bounce back and have a record number of vehicles in the third quarter. Also, this was one of the the stocks that was most shorted on the street as well. So I think uh, Elon Musk had a big, big win last year, as well as um, them being added to the S&P 500, which was the largest edition ever. I do think that we will continue to see them uh, continue to grow if if that's even possible in 2021. As you mentioned, Microsoft, when they bought Skype, now they have Microsoft Teams and then Amazon with their ongoing e-commerce as well as their cloud computing that they're continuing to go out with. The, the one that I would be on the, the biggest or the two really would be uh, Facebook and Alphabet. We're seeing Alphabet uh, come under some heat uh, in, in Europe as well in, as in uh, the United States. And then also Facebook with the uh, antitrust and, and freedom of speech uh, that we're seeing in, in Congress as well. Yeah, I, I think we should mention uh, home values too, right? I mean, throughout this pandemic, American homeowners are now a trillion dollars richer. Um, you know, when we look at Home equity multiples, you know, over the past year, uh, when you're looking at homeowners with mortgages, uh, which is 63% of all properties, they saw their equity increase by 10.8%. Um, so, so yeah, uh, there's a lot of states in the interior um, just saw saw you know a, a lot of gains as people were moving in. Um, not the case for everybody, uh, North Dakota. Uh, which was very hard hit by the coronavirus uh, pandemic, um, saw saw lower annual equity gains, but um, you know, in a, in a lot of others, you saw just huge gains across the board. Well, we saw a big movement from major metropolitan cities out to places uh, like Bozeman, Montana, uh, as well as. Uh Colorado and some other states like that. But now we're seeing buyers head back into those cities because some of the properties are, are at bar bargain prices. I don't think we'll see home prices uh, really 
ease uh, at the moment because it's just simply a supply and demand imbalance. Um, so there, there's a lot more demand than supply out there. And I think that will continue uh, in, into 2021. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking right now with um, borrowers in a negative equity position um, who own more on their mortgages and their house are worth uh, that dropped 18% from a year ago and just um, sitting at 3% currently. So you want to talk about assets that certainly were buoyed uh, or, or built up over this past year. Uh, you have no further to look than homes. Absolutely. And I, I think one key indicator that we should be on the lookout for is, is really inflation. Um, so we saw the central bank said that they're going to tolerate higher levels than 2%, uh, really in effort to gain full employment. Uh, and that has had some mixed reviews. We're seeing stocks trading at, at 22 uh, times forward earnings than on average before. We're seeing the, the CAPE ratio uh, skyrocketing double its long-term average at 33.6, higher than Black Tuesday market crash uh, during the Great Depression. Um, should we be worried about inflation, Drew? I, you know, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, I, we, we've seen, at, you know, a little whiles back, you saw gold and copper and silver um, traded traded higher uh, the other week, um, which is, you know, typically indicative of, of, of some um, inflation. But, I mean, we've just been, the Fed hasn't hit its target in just so long. Uh, I always think inflation's kind of discussed like it's the 3,000 um, pound gorilla in the room. Uh, and, and just right now, I, I mean, we, we certainly might see it heat up a little bit when, when you're coming off a period of dramatic declines and, and closures and everything else. And you'll have a lot of pent up, uh, consumer spending, especially if we have a couple more stimulus checks, uh, come out and, and, you know, uh, business kind of starts to begin to return, um, to normal, but, uh, but we'll, but we'll, we'll wait and see, I guess I'm just, kind of tentative on on having an inflation call with uh you know in light of the last few years but it, it could be toxic and it could force the fed to tighten policy sooner but i, I i'm with you I, it just hasn't had that big of an impact over the last how many years and and for to see that it's actually going to have such a big impact moving forward i i just don't see it but that could be why we see uh gold at, at higher prices and now uh as we mentioned even though bitcoin had a big pullback over the last 24 hours that some people may view that as a, a new inflation hedge so that could be one of the reasons why people are uh buying bitcoin at the moment mm -hmm. oh absolutely I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, China's IPO market. Uh, looks like they're going to have uh, a great 2021 uh, when we're looking at top 10 listings globally. Uh, Chinese firms made up for about half, um, took a few of the top sweet spots. So, so yeah, I mean, I think when we're looking at IPOs, uh, we should be kind of focusing on China this year. Well, among the top 10 listing globally, Chinese firms made up about half of the list. Um, we're also taking up the top three. So that's the Chinese chip maker, SMIC, um, as well as uh, JD.com. Um, uh, one big one that we talked about uh, at the end of 2020 was Alibaba's affiliate Ant Group. Um, so this was really going to be one of the highest anticipated 
um, listings in the last, I don't know how many years. Uh, and that pretty much has gotten shut down in November as the company regulatory scrutiny. And now we, we even see Jack Ma keeping very low profile. And so I, I wonder how how their the treatment of Jack Ma and the Ant Group IPO would maybe impact in, uh, international investors at all. Yeah, Jack Ma's radio silence has been interesting. Um, I don't know what I think about it. I mean, you've obviously seen people going into the realm of conspiracy theories. So I think we should, you know, time will tell um, how what's going on and how exactly it plays out. But uh, I mean, you know, when you're looking at IPO size and volume with domestic uh, within China, it's it's definitely hit a uh, historic peaks in the last um, 10 years. So it looks like, you know, a trend that's going to continue with with pretty large demand, both both in-house and, and around the world. Well, that's where we're seeing a lot of growth. <laughs> the Jack Ma uh, low-profile disappearance—it's um, not disappearance, but that, for me, that's a that's a little concerning because he has been um, such a figure uh, when we think about entrepreneurship and um, growth in, in of China firms. Mm-hmm. Kind of how I think we should close out, uh, you know, when we're talking about some new shiny technology. Um, that might be coming Wall Street's way. Uh, we're, we're, we'll be talking specifically about quantum computing. Um, really, you know, it was developed by physicists in the 1980s. Uh, but functionally, what it breaks down to is that things like Monte Carlo simulations and credit analytics and everything of that nature is going to be solved a lot faster um, than, than, you know, traditional classical computers right now. And, and if you look at the growth of, of technology in finance over the last, call it, 60 years, we see ATMs, we see the Bloomberg terminals, we see Python, and, and then high-frequency trading. And, and now uh, we, we have the quantum computers. And, and really, they're looking to add it to boost profits by speeding up asset pricing, finding better performing portfolios, and then making machine learning algorithms to, to become more accurate. Um, and so overall, they think that this will be, be helpful for banks and consumers as well by being able to boost credit scores, help find ob- uh, arbitrage opportunities, and then, as you mentioned, uh, help speed up the Monte Carlo simulations. Um, it, 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 it sounds a little scary, <laughs> quantum mm-hmm. computers. Um, and it seems like they're testing them, but it seems like um, there, there's a big investment from Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, um, and it will be interesting to see if it actually has the impact on the market that they think it will. Yeah, one thing you know we shouldn't forget is also fraud, uh, and they think that quantum enhanced algos can spot fraud a hundred times faster than ones that exist today. So that that's another thing that it will. Um, you know, certainly be enhanced. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else we might have overlooked, Grant? Well, just one last thing on the on the quantum computers is 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 also they're looking at to help with uh, uh, regulatory stress tests. I guess that takes a, a lot of bandwidth um, for the computing budget on on how to uh, have those stress tests and, and pass those stress tests. So being able to help on that may be able to to free up some of the computing budget, which will be good for for everyone all around. Yeah. 
Um, a couple things on my radar. Uh, one is Walmart said that they were going to create a fintech startup uh, investment firm behind Robinhood. Um, so Robinhood has had uh, some uh, good and bad headlines, especially last year with the increase in uh, average investors looking for a platform to trade. And then also they had their blackouts. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, also, I, I think a big one on, on most people's radars is to see what happens coming out of Capitol Hill this week. Uh, I think that will have a big impact. Uh, we have seen little movement, but it, it could stir some things in the market. And then finally, we do have uh, the big banks reporting their earnings at the end of the week. Um, so be on the lookout to see how they they finish 2020 um, and, to, and to see. Um, so we have City, JP Morgan, Chase, and Wells Fargo all releasing their numbers on Friday. Um, and then also we do have some IPOs this week with uh, Petco and Affirm as well. What about you, Drew? Yeah, one thing I really want to look at is that small businesses can start applying for new PPP loans on Monday. Companies have been several months in limbo. Um, that's resulting in what we saw as, you know, kind of a slowdown in economic growth. Uh, and yeah, I just want to see how businesses are able to secure these loans. Um, and I want to see what the targeted funds look like, uh, when we're going to communities that have been particularly hard hit by, uh, COVID and, and how that results in overall growth, uh, coming into this year. And with that, uh, thanks again for all tuning in for our first episode of season four. We'll chat with you next week and we're out. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WealthFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WealthFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked in any of the content. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.